You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's talk to independent financial advisor Joanne Bainham, ahead of what is quite an important 36, 48, 72 hours. Anyway, the rest of the week is going to be important. We've got a couple of reserve banks, notably the South African Reserve Bank, making its decision on the price of money in this country and also the Federal Open Market Committee coming out with something at around about uh, 8 or 8.15 uh, this evening. So although it's relatively quiet today, Joanne, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming out quite soon. Indeed, although I think when it comes to the US Fed, it's, it's hard to understand what they could say to make it exciting right now. I mean, they've basically told the world interest rates are going to be low for like forever. Mm. And they're changing the way they look at inflation. Um, they can't cut rates anymore. So what are they talking about? I, I don't know. It's, I think it'd be more interesting to say what they say about fiscal spending. Because, as you know, in the States at the moment, they're having a bit of an argy-bargy about the next lot of fiscal spending to come through. And clearly the Democrats don't want to put a lot of money now because they want to make Trump look bad. So, yeah, it might be more on the fiscal spending side of things. But as far as interest rate policy is concerned, I think they've made their views pretty clear. You know, interest rates aren't going up for a very long time. No, exactly. So we know that. And uh, it's, it's a question of the, the tweaks of quantitative easing, whether they do this and whether do, they do that and how many tens of billions go to this particular area of the market. Anyway, it's all very technical stuff and all very boring. What's interesting to me is the fact that there are, there's a bit of M&A activity at the moment. And what's your experience? And you are experienced in the investment world when, when people start buying things because they need to buy things because they can't do anything else. What normally does that tell you about the market cycle? Because this TikTok story, I find fascinating. Why does everybody want TikTok? I, I find it utterly fascinating, and I've asked my kids about it, and they tell me it's a total waste of time. So I, I, I truly am fascinated why that everybody wants to rush off and buy this. But I think your point's more valid. People tend to do M&A activity when there isn't a lot of organic growth around. Yes. But I also think it speaks to the fact that interest rates are so low you know, if, it's, if you can buy a company cheaply and sort of grow your earnings that way, it probably makes sense to do so right now. Tends to, over the long run, M&A doesn't usually work. Uh, that's, that's what history's taught us, that people who buy companies tend to wish they hadn't in hindsight. But, but I think it is a function of the fact that interest rates are so low. It's the reason stock markets keep going up, because the fundamentals across a lot of sectors aren't very good right now. And yet, you know, when money's free, essentially, what else do people do with it? Just back to your earlier point, though, Lindsay, you talked about, you know, uh, central banks this week. We do have the Saab, I think, meeting tomorrow. Yes. Uh, and the predictions are going to cut rates by 25 basis points. We'll see. Um, I, I think they should have cut long, long time ago, but that's a different story. Well, to be will fair... It will just, it make a difference? I'm not sure. Exactly. There's, there's two points there. Uh, number one, they have been cutting and uh, rates are at record low levels. The repo rate is at a record low level, even though it could go lower, of course, and maybe should go lower. But yeah, will it make a difference is a more pertinent point. 25 basis points, what's that going to mean for the man and woman in the street in South Africa? I don't think very much, unless it means that the companies that are borrowing money can expand and and um, employ more people. I think that's, that's probably the key point there. Yeah, absolutely. So if it means the cost of capital argument for companies falls and they feel the need to you know, increase their business or um, go put more money into investments, that would be a good idea. But interesting enough, I was just interviewing somebody recently about sort of the life assurers <clears throat> and what they're seeing on their pension fund books and risk books. And they're saying companies are still cutting back every month on the amount of money they're putting in the markets, you know, the employee contributions. And we haven't seen a recovery in that yet. So I think 
you know, companies are still really struggling out there. And I don't think a 25 basis point cut will make a huge amount of difference, to be honest. So it'll be a nice for consumers in their pockets, but I don't think it'll make a big difference. But the bulk of the cuts have already happened. Um, yeah, so I think the slapping economy remains in a very weak position. I saw a headline, I'm not sure if it's true, Tito saying it's even worse than they thought. Well, you know, a part oh, yeah. of me says, where have they been? Because what happens when you shut down an economy for a couple of months? Well, clearly you're going to have a huge problem. And it wasn't like South Africa was in great space before it happened. But be that as it may, apparently they're going to, apparently he's saying it's worse than he thought. One of the interesting things I think people will be looking out for in the Saab meeting on Thursday is what is their prediction for the SA economy? And according to something I read this morning, they're predicting a 7.3%, I think, decline for the full year. I continue to believe it'll be worse than that. I was talking to uh, Jim Rogers, the well-known investor from Singapore, just a half an hour ago, and he talked about the response to the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, and he characterised it as hysterical and insane. Now, that's all very well for him because he's sitting in Singapore, which is a well, a well-run and very orderly uh, country. But would you agree with him in certain regards? Because he also referenced Sweden as as an example. He's 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 a character that chap. He absolutely is a character, uh, and I would say he's underestimating those comments. I, I think the world has gone completely barking mad. Uh, I totally and utterly agree with him. Um, I think the comment on vaccines can get even more interesting. AstraZeneca are not having their vaccine trials in the States at the moment, but they're bringing it to South Africa. You know, the one that one person got ill and they stopped the trials for a while. The, I think it was the Oxford trials, but they're now continuing with that. And I just put out there, this is a disease that 99,4% of people will not die from versus taking a vaccine, which is probably going to come to market in the space of, say, six months. I know what I'd rather take my chances with. So I think the world has gone completely mad. I agree. Mm. And for people who do find this subject interesting, I think a lot of people are now utterly bored and sick to death of COVID. Follow a guy called the Fat Emperor on Twitter. He's phenomenal. And his research is very clinical, uh, very mathematical. He takes emotions out of things. Uh, and when you listen to him just logically, you would completely and utterly agree with Jim Rogers. Yeah, and Jim Rogers also said two things. He says, if you have children, which you do, Joanne, uh, he says, tell them to follow their passion. He says his daughter wants to be an actress, and he was aghast. He says his, his jaw dropped, when she, and, he, and he said, no, if you want to do it, just go ahead and do it. You won't, have, you won't make any money, but if that's what you want, then do it. And the second thing he said was it's a good time to be old, because he said he wouldn't want to be young in the, in, in the current world. But anyway, I'll look for the fat emperor. What are you doing at the moment? You're an independent financial advisor, and what are you telling your clients? Well, I think what I'm telling the moment is, don't try and tactically trade markets because most people get it wrong. So I heard a story from somebody recently who uh, cried and wailed because the markets fell and then sold their investments. And then the markets have rallied subsequently to that and now want to get back into the markets. Uh, markets can be very treacherous in the short term. So my recommendation to people is don't try and time it. Um, from a tech perspective, you know, that's still been the hot sector out there. I think maybe you'd be a bit cautious of that in the short term because... A lot of those valuations are probably looking a bit silly, but in the long run, you'll still be okay. But what I mean by timing is don't try and get into equities and get out of equities and get into equities and get out because it's a license to lose money. So that's what I'm telling people. I think a fixed interest rate investing in South Africa is looking quite interesting. You've got some very attractive yields longer end. And if you don't think South Africa is a failed state, you've got some interesting yields in SA at the moment. Even for foreigners who can hedge out the currency risk, they're getting pretty decent yields. 
And an interesting Bloomberg article came out this morning that's saying foreigners now, after the rand has depreciated so much, are looking to buy SA bonds and not hedge out the currency risk. So that's quite interesting. In a world, back to your Fed comment from earlier, in a world where I think central banks aren't going to raise rates for a very long time, the yields in South Africa remain quite compelling. So I think a, a fixed income component to local portfolios makes sense. And I continue to think that you should have offshore exposure. I haven't changed my mind on that. I think there are pockets of the of the world where things are very expensive, but there's still lots of other opportunities out there. Healthcare is just one of the many sectors, biotech. That there, it's not just a tech world. You can buy other things as well. Does it worry when yes. you see a, a company that is, is South African-based but has obviously expanded overseas, notably in China, uh, in Ping yes. An, uh, Discovery? A 94% full-year profit fall. The share price only fell by, by 3%. And the one thing that I have to ask you in the last minute or so of our chat, previous commentator said to me, everyone's lumping in the, uh, because of the uh, coronavirus, lumping in uh, impairments and write-offs and that sort of thing into the last six months or into the last year of, of, of their results. They're use, not using it as an excuse, but certainly saying, right, let's get it all out of the way now. So there's two ways to look at this, Joanne. One, that's a bad thing because they are not cooking the books, but certainly doing some creative bean counting. Or number two, it is all out the way and then it clears the decks for when the economy and the world recovers what do you think uh, what you're referring to is what they call kitchen sinking yes it's quite famous in markets and management teams do it all the time mm. if i was in their shoes i'd be doing exactly the same thing because no matter what numbers you come up with at the moment the markets probably aren't going to reward you so you might as well get all the bad news out now the so it's a good thing is, in other words you're saying it's a good thing look it's you could argue it's slightly manipulative but but if you're in management shoes you probably do the same thing and you know wipe the slate clean, so to speak. I, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just what happens. Um, I think the bigger issue here is what does the next 12 months bring? And on that subject, I did see something from Nedlack this morning. If you just give me two seconds, I want to read it to you because I thought this was potentially positive for South Africa. Yes. Potentially. Uh, that they just, they're going to come up with a social compact to try and create jobs. And apparently they've agreed to some sort of financing for ESCOM. So let's watch that space. I'm um, sorry, uh, what year is it now? Is it 2020 no, or, or 1997? I, I, no, I, I can't Lindsay, remember. Lindsay, I, I hear you. And um, I, you know, I'm having some very interesting discussions with people at the moment on prescribed assets. So, um, yeah, some very interesting discussions about South Africa right now because, back to your point, they keep promising, keep promising, but delivery seems to be far away from that equation. But, but apparently, uh, Nedlac and government have discussed things mm. and have agreed to some sort of funding for ESCOM. Let's watch that space. But that could be positive for this country. Let, let's wait and see. But I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm in the same camp as you are. But I'm just trying to find some good news stories out there because what I'm hearing on prescribed assets is very, very scary. And let's hope the government decides not to do that because then we could be in all sorts of trouble in South Africa. Joanne, thanks so much for your analysis. That's Joanne Bainham, independent financial advisor. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.